is Minda Wilson with Urgent Care, and I'm excited to welcome Dr. Joseph Mascara to our program. He is an integrative medicine specialist who is very interested in reducing the cost of care, which is one of my passions. Uh, welcome, Dr. Mascara. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. So um, I understand that you're very you're very family oriented. You're you practice out of the home you grew up in. What made you What made you decide to become a doctor? Well, I grew up in a an inner city community in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Very diverse cultural area, and uh, I came over when I was young with my family from Spain, and I just I began actually working at the local pharmacy and. Be- Becoming interested in, in health and, and science, and so from there I ended up in, in medical school, and I happily came back to the community to uh, practice, and that's where I also learned about the importance of cultural medicine or you know integrative medicine, where you learn about uh, the different traditional techniques, what works, what doesn't, only because I have treated so many patients from so many varied parts of the world whose, whose belief systems and approach to medicine are all very interesting but different. So can you give me an example of that, of how one culture would be different from another, how you would treat them differently? Oh, absolutely. So even though they're both, say, um, uh, Hispanic cultures, um, a patient from uh, Bolivia uh, would be quite different than a patient from, let's say, Guatemala or Me- Mexico. Um their culture is, is uh, both both have the same language, but their background in terms of a lot of Indian customs and botanical plants would be um, more so in, let's say, Bolivia um, with the use of specific botanicals, whereas uh, Guatemalan culture is, is um, uh, sometimes medically based on a little bit of uh, brujeria, which is a, a type of witchcraft medicine. So understanding their their views on these different uh, their different perspectives is important for me when i when i take care of them so by by providing a cultural setting uh you make them more likely to uh respond to the treatment is that is that how it works absolutely um you know being able to communicate um with these different uh patients from cultures is paramount and I use my training in integrative medicine, um, which really looks at the intelligent combination of Western medicine with traditional medical systems. And um, I've studied for many years what works, what doesn't, for example, um, acupuncture, nutritional therapies, uh, botanical therapies, uh, lifestyle modification therapies. These all sort of uh, are aimed to empower the patient and to rely less heavily on our um, sort of drug uh, prescribing uh, healthcare system that is both costly and sometimes dangerous and and often not effective. Yes, because people don't always stick to their medication regimens. Yeah, they, they sure don't. Um, and a lot of it is due to cost. Um, you know, about a third of patients that I see uh, simply can't afford their medications and they never get them. So you really have to instruct them on preventative lifestyle modifications to treat themselves. Um, and it's just so unfortunate the way medications, including generics, have skyrocketed in the last 10 years 
And, you know, we, we write so many prescriptions in the United States. I think uh, the estimates are, are 4 billion prescriptions a year. That's about 11 prescriptions or more per patient um, every year in this country. And many of them are not needed, in particular antibiotics that are overused when there's viral illnesses, uh, a lot of medications and side effects. But, you, but certainly people who have high blood pressure, diabetes, who need medications are, are really facing uh, financial hardship because many of them can, can't afford it. And what I've done is created a uh, drug saving um, uh, app and website, uh, it's particularly directed at bilinguals called Surecepta, uh, S-U-R-E-C-E-P-A dot com. And uh, the patient can go on there and get a coupon and save up to 80% on their prescription, um, which, you know, makes it affordable, um, and at least palatable cost-wise uh, for the patient. And and it allows them to comparison shop in, a, in an area so they can find out what, what's available near them. And Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, I guess that data term is that geolocates um, within a 5, 10, or 15-mile radius. Um, and it's amazing when you do it because you realize how prices vary so much. I mean, uh, single medication, uh, just say something to lower your cholesterol, the generic version of Lipitor, can cost in, within a five-mile radius for 30 a month supply, you know, it costs $40 in one place, 75 in another, $130 in another, only, you know, within a five-mile radius. So what this uh, app does, uh, the Surasetta, is it the lowest price and, and provides you with a discount up to 80 percent on that price. So, um, I so I understand that there's an increasing percentage of the Hispanic community that is uninsured. Is that is that true? Since the passage Absolutely. of the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, I mean the Affordable Care Act has covered. Um, uh, luckily, has covered a lot of patients who qualified for Medicaid plans, type plans in their states. But beyond that, it really hasn't, it's failed to cover when it comes to, say, bilingual Hispanics that come from up to 30 countries uh, from around the world, uh, perhaps out of the approximate maybe 55, 60 million, one third are entirely uninsured. The other third are either poorly or, or virtually not insured. Um, so you only have about a third of that population that is uh, reasonably insured, and, and uh, affordability is important. And that's why I, also on my site, I, I put a, uh, a location of urgent care centers wherever they are around the United States that instead of going to an emergency room and possibly receiving a bill that could easily bankrupt most, most patients, uh, they can go and geolocate an urgent care center uh, for a reasonable fee. Uh, a lot of these urgent care centers have risen and multiplied exponentially in the last few years um, as a result of the uh, chain, chain pharmacies like uh, the Walgreens, the Walmarts, and the CVSs of life uh, are going into that business now where they have these ambulatory care centers. But it does afford, it provides people with an, a quick access, affordable um, way to take care of their sore throat or check their blood sugar, blood pressure. Um, and, and at a fraction of the cost of an emergency room. Do people find that there's a language barrier when they go to these services? Are they able to get services in Spanish? Yeah, yeah there are. I mean, it, 
there are certain states where the services in Spanish are excellent, certainly um, mostly out west. If you go to, um, you know, certainly in the in Californias and Arizona areas, uh, I find that it's much better. In the northeast and mid-Atlantic states and in the, in the Midwest, um, there is a lack of bilingual uh, services. And so many of these patients, especially bilinguals, the millennials do speak both languages. And, uh, and they, they're often the sort of caregivers, if you will, and assistance to, to um, explain everything to their parents, uh, the middle-aged and older uh, Hispanics, where Spanish is their primary language. So, so when, when you treat people, um, I understand that you, uh, you treat them out of the home you grew up in. How, how, did, that, how did that evolve? Yeah, I, I do. Um, well, I, I, that's where I, as you're saying, I, I grew up in that home, um, went to uh, locally in high school, and I came back from medical school. Um, I saw a, a great need there. It's a community that I understood. Uh, this is going back to the 80s, and at the time there was a huge crisis uh, called HIV-AIDS going on. Uh, it was a real dark moment in, in healthcare in terms of the way patients were both being treated and, and, and um, access to care. Um, and I went back in those, in those times to, um, to do what I was trained to do and to provide care for those uh, uh, families. And I've stayed there ever since, um, you know, really enjoyable and, and uh, an honor to take care of, of all the people in the community. I understand you've created a family business. Your mom works there. Your your wife, your your fam, your kids. Yes, exactly, exactly. My my, uh, I've had my children involved, and uh, my 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 wife is often my assistant and uh, runs uh, a lot of the show. And uh, my mom, who's in her mid eighties now, actually sometimes take takes care of keeping the office running, um, and. So it's it is it's, it's exciting to to be involved like that as as a family business as you say, um, and I, patients respond really nice and it's it's a great learning experience for all of us to be able to uh, communicate uh, with that with our patients within a community structure because you know we integrative medicine and the approach is all about mind body spirit and also community. So I'm sure it feels it feels good when you're when you're not feeling well to uh, go to your quote unquote home and uh, yep. you know sit sit in, sit in the waiting room know you're going to be seen and taken care of and respected and uh, listened to I'm sure that that's an yeah. important part of the services that you offer uh, absolutely and. You know, all the things you just mentioned should really be the norm of healthcare. Unfortunately, it's rapidly disappearing in this healthcare environment, which really isn't a healthcare healthcare environment. It's a financially motivated disease management system rather than healthcare system, and uh, it's unfortunate. And so, the days of uh, I grew up with the Dr. Welby, uh, Dr. Welby's of life, and uh, that typified my aspiration to. Um, to really be that type of doctor, um, as I'm sure many doctors want to be as well, but it's it's very frustrating today for a lot of physicians out there and, and very challenging. So what do you think can be done to change that? Well, 
it, it has to begin with, uh, I'm a great proponent of coming up with some type of, of universal care. Um, um, you know, everyone um, here, and we all deserve the same care as our congressmen, as our senators, um, who really fail to pass the right legislation all the time. So um, I'm, I'm hoping the day does come when we can put together a, a, um, a care that provides equal access for everyone. I think um, something like what we have in a Medicare system, which has been successful, but nationalizing it to all citizens uh, with, that, uh, with um, some type of agreement between employer, government, and citizen to put X amount of dollars that's related to their income and, and having an equal, um, equal platform that everybody has to access the care. Because what I see, it's, it's very simple. It's very much like our legal system. Um, you know, if you're wealthy and, and, and can afford a high, you know, these platinum plans or whatever, you do have access to great centers and great care. Um, but if you're a working class citizen um, and on the lower end of the income scale, your access to really good care uh, is um, it's really unaffordable. And that really has to be corrected and, and equalized. So do you feel then that um, as uh, President Trump came out today and said that the afford and pronounced the Affordable Care Act a failure um, and he... Uh, and and do you feel that that's true? Oh, absolutely not. Um, it uh, the best part of the uh, Affordable Care Act was people always call it the Affordable Care Act. It was actually called Patient Protection uh, and Affordable Care Act, and that patient protection was never done before. And that is where you can have insurance uh, despite pre-existing conditions. Um, you're covered until a certain age. And there's no limits or caps on uh, if you have a serious illness that your insurer should provide. So, you know, those protection mechanisms that were in um, Obamacare um, were greatly applauded by physicians, I'm sure, and the healthcare community. Um, you know, affordable, that, that name should not have probably been in there because it's, it hasn't been affordable the way it's set up because... It's, it's set up so that money's always got to come from somewhere and there's always someone dissatisfied. But certainly the patient protection mechanisms uh, were, you know, I, I was so happy to see them. Um, so I think like all these large legislative um, breakthroughs that we deal with, there's some very good elements and, and some not so good elements. But certainly our present administration should keep those good elements that I mentioned and work on that. I, I don't think that they, so far, the health human, uh, the HSS secretary that he has, has he really has failed to put forward any enticing, intelligent proposals to help health care. And I have yet to see it. I often send my suggestions, but uh, <laughs> they fall on deaf ears because I, I don't get politically involved. I'm, I'm a physician trying to help patients. So do you feel that um, in terms of integrative medicine, what do you feel are the most important things that patients do can do for themselves to keep themselves healthy? Lifestyle management. Uh, and under that lifestyle management, um, understanding um, your, your, what the risks are, learning about nutrition. I would start with nutrition. I'd go from nutrition to exercise, understanding your risks, making sure you're getting your vaccines for you and your family, making sure that you 
undergo the preventative testing, over 50 colonoscopies, mammograms. Um, I think a preventative approach and a lifestyle approach is essential. If you, if you do that statistically, you're going to greatly in, improve your health chances um, of, of not getting these chronic illnesses that are so both debilitating and costly to our system. You know, I think uh, something like 75, 80% of our healthcare dollar is spent on chronic illness, uh, cardiovascular disease, neurovascular disease, um, and, and cancer and, uh, and arthritic uh, problems. That's where all our money goes. And, and all four problems, all four of these major uh, disease uh, states are preventable uh, by a great extent, as much most uh, experts agree, up to 80% of them can be prevented, which would give us a surplus in the in the field uh, financially. So uh, I, I would really emphasize, and I still do to every patient, tell them what they have to do to rely less on medication and more on themselves to manage their health. But Hispanic culture especially focuses on a, a diet that's, uh, that might not be the most healthy. How do you get people to change that? Yeah, uh, well, methodically, with a little bit at a time, um, as, you're, as you're mentioning, um, a lot of carbohydrates are ingested, and this is a population with very high rates of diabetes and obesity in general. Um, in fact, uh, the generations that come over are you know, heavier and have higher diabetic rates once they go into the American diet. Um, and it's, it, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, a lot of patients that, are, that I see are, are working class uh, people who simply don't have time to exercise. They can't afford the better foods at times. They find it difficult to go shopping without buying you know, down a center aisle all the processed foods for them or their kids, or they go to fast food places. It's, it's sort of a lifestyle that they not so much choose, but it's, it's what's there for them. Um, so I spend a lot of time educating them on uh, alternatives, on trying to eat uh, more of a plant-based diet, uh, trying to eat less processed food and less carbohydrates. Um, but you sort of have to take it a little bit at a time. Each time they come, I, I give them a sort of another caveat to, to take home with them and their family and it, it you know it, it works but it's a it's a challenging process for sure for many reasons do you feel that um there should be uh incentives for people to maintain a healthy lifestyle and disincentives for people who don't do you think that would be effective I- I, I do in large corporations and large companies where they, uh, they have the, the cost of, of health care. Uh, there's been studies that has, have been done, uh, Stanford, uh, a few other, uh, Duke did a study where that has worked. Um, incentivizing um, you know, members of a corporation um, to, um, uh, to uh, uh, achieve an optimal weight, um, give them time to go exercise, um, about uh, explain nutrition to them, have them go to some wellness conferences, learn things like relaxation therapies, like uh, meditation, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Th- these have, have worked. So uh, my answer would be yes. Now, that's really white-collar uh, corporate uh, uh, who are usually better educated and have both the time and they're within a company that can do that. Uh, you know, my concern is uh, I deal mostly uh, at times with the construction worker. There has to be cultural sensitivities of their lifestyle and how to approach that. 
uh, a construction worker really uh, has to be instructed uh, uh, it, with a different approach. Uh, they may not have time during the week. Uh, they have to carve out time early in the morning before, before he goes to work or on weekends. So nutrition is especially important. Um, other habits that run rampant amongst uh, workers like you know drinking, smoking, you really have to uh, approach those. So th there's different risk factors in different populations. And that's where being a, uh, a physician that's trained in both cultural medicine and integrative medicine is important. And for those kind of people, the middle income, lower income people that are not doing white collar jobs, um, right. there's, you, there's also like stretching or opportunities like that that would improve, improve oh, their overall uh, level of fixes. Absolutely. You know, simple things, for example, I'll give you an example of that uh, with uh, men, I often, they, they often suffer from uh, back pain only because of the, the labor, labor tasks that they do. And they often have uh, muscular, lig lig muscular ligament problems, disc problems. So simply by while they're taking a shower, you know, taking an extra 30 to 60 seconds uh, of stretching, uh, I, I teach them a stretching exercise they could do in or out of the shower of, of holding a pose, uh, sort of a, a yoga stretching pose, for example. Um, also letting them know that they shouldn't have that large meal when they get home because they're often tired. They eat, they eat like their huge calorie meal at the end of the day, which they shouldn't, how to space that apart. Um, and also I teach them breathing exercises and relaxation breathing exercises that they can do during their breaks to uh, uh, minimize the stress at their work. So given, given that there are a lot of opportunities for people to sort of make small changes, do you think there's a, incremental changes seem to be the most effective? So um, do you have a way of uh, guiding people through the incremental changes that they need to make in order to ultimately end up at a healthier place? Yeah, I, I certainly do. Um, you know, it begins with, um, individualized care, you know, understanding that individual from a, a mind body standpoint and what they've gone through and what their lifestyle is like and what's possible. Mm -hmm. I start with uh, thinking what's possible. Then I begin really with nutrition is probably the first thing I begin with. And, um, uh, it's often a great place to start that people do have some control of. Um, and we go over the concept of calories and good calories and bad calories and uh, the amount of calories without getting too technical. So I begin there. Once we achieve um, and, and stabilize the nutrition, I think they're getting into specific exercises um, and mind-body stress reduction uh, is the next step. And once we cover that, you know, both the mind and body nutrition, I think we're on our way to a, a person that's empowered um, to follow through and, and, and prevent disease. Um, if people want to reach out to you uh, or contact you, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, well, yeah, there's two ways. Thank you. Uh, one is uh, on my uh, normal website, drmascara.com. Uh, my name is spelled M-O-S-Q-U-E-R-A.com or on suraceta.com where I have those uh, useful tools that we were mentioning about drug savings and urgent care finders. Uh, and that's spelled S-U-R-E-C-E-T-A.com. And literally that, that translates to your prescription in Spanish. Um, I, uh, in English, it doesn't really 
um, uh, come across, uh, but in Spanish it's su receta, which is your prescription, and it's and it's fully bilingual, by the way, um, uh, and so it's in in both languages. Um, all, all all the articles uh, and all access there is bilingual. I think I think what we've learned today is that um, it's that small changes, taking care of yourself, your diet, your body. Um, and making even incremental changes can make a healthier person and, um, that there's opportunities for people to, uh, take a path to wellness using integrative medicine, even if they aren't on that. And the other thing is that there's an opportunity to compare the cost of your prescription drugs, uh, so that you can take advantage of lower cost, uh, prescription options and, um, People that are interested should contact Dr. Mascara. This is Minda Wilson for Urgent Care.